All right, let's do the business. Motown Rundown episode 12. Your home for all things sports in the great city of Detroit. Per usual, I am your host, Ryan Rabinowitz, joined by my friends, Trent Bailey, Ryan Collin. Gentlemen, how are you? I've been better. Me too. That's all right. It's all right, though. We're here. That's why we're here. Every day above ground is a blessing. I mean, me and Ryan have been talking about food the last 20 minutes here, and I'm I'm absolutely starving. It's a joke. Well, because Collins Collins is a uh, Little Caesars employee. Little, okay. little Caesars made right here. So that's little why we Caesar's got on made. the topic. But I'm I'm starving. But I wish I could tell you that I'll be quick. But <laughs> oh, oh, man. there's nothing nothing quick about about yeah. going today. Yeah. I will I will say though because we are uh, we are approaching Halloween. I wanted to just pose this question: Do you guys have do you guys have your costumes picked out for Wednesday or what? Um, no, no. Are you participating? I had a party with my family and it was Disney themed, so I was yeah. Aladdin. Okay. Yeah, Don't think bad. I'll be doing that on Wednesday, but you never know. We'll see. Dude, I, you look like it would be a good Aladdin. Well, You've got the you, face Ryan. for it. Thank you very much. <laughs> did you go vest, no shirt, or vest shirt? I did tank top. I didn't want to do vest. I thought, it was little, I thought, okay. I thought okay. vest was yeah. a little it's promiscuous. A, yeah, it's a tough look. I'll allow it's a t- it. Yeah. I'll probably be Pauly D. Pauly D? Yeah. Are you going to get the blowout hair going? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Jersey Shore guy, so... I'm, I'm more of a Ronnie guy, but Paulie D, I, get, oh, people I naturally tell you, it's I, fantastic. I, I see it. I see it. It's a fantastic I, uh, show. I had to, uh, so I, I coach uh, youth hockey at the at one of the rinks up here in East Lansing, and we had to dress up for like the skate the other day, so I borrowed a Buddy the Elf costume. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It went over well with the with the, with the oh, families. The, the youngins loved it. Loved oh, it. they loved it. Yeah, people were, but kids were asking me like, oh, can you tell Santa I want this for Christmas? I'm like, look, that's not really how it works. But <laughs> you looked great. You looked great. I appreciate I, it. Any, anyway, before we before we kick off the show here, it's not really a, a topic I wanted to cover, but Boston Red Sox just won the World Series, yep. a roster including former Tigers Ian Kinsler, J.D. Martinez, Rick Porcello, not done yet, David Price, and might I add, it was constructed by for, former Tigers GM Dave Dombrowski, so... I don't know. How are you guys feeling about that? I like, mean, Dabrowski finally figured out to put together a bullpen, I guess. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's I mean, fair. I'm salty. I'm not I'm not happy for any of them. Really? <laughs> I'm happy. I was happy for JV last year. I think a lot of the guys on Boston and on LA or the teams that were in it this year are not really guys that were there as long as JV was there. Yeah, Like, sure. he was there for 06, too. So, I don't know. I, I don't really get as crazy about it. I, I mean, you feel good for JD, I guess. To put this as bluntly as possible, I can't stand the Red Sox. Yeah, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But I am, I am happy. Kinsler, JD, those guys in particular, because they were here quite a while. David Price wasn't here very long. Yeah. So, right. but, but you know, yeah, yeah, it's good to see those guys because we love them still. Yeah, I, I mean, like I'm happy for those guys to get rings for sure. I mean, especially David Price. Like, granted, he wasn't in Detroit for very long, but, but he he's, a, that, he's an all-time great. Oh yeah, and yeah. he had the narrative of you know his one of probably one of the worst postseason pitchers ever on yeah. his back, and finally he got. The, but I truly though, like watching the game last night, like I feel like I deserve a ring. Like I was, <laughs> this is my team. Like it's it's dude, it's literally the Tigers. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? I mean yeah. I, I yeah. don't want to go that far, but it's just it's frustrating. And you know I, I don't. Again, it's like we key can, pieces. Yeah, key pieces yeah. were all on the Tigers yeah. at the same time, and, and they can, somehow turned into. We'll get debate. It done. We'll debate for till the end of time of how they didn't get it done ever but bullpen that's 
That's fair. Well, I'm, I guess the debate ends tonight <laughs> yeah. with with Ryan. One Collins. word. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, as far as the show oh. goes today, we're ta- we're talking Pistons. We're talking Lions. I do want to mention the Red Wings because again, we still do have a hockey team here in Detroit. Uh, the Red Wings beat eh, the Dallas Stars. On, they look, they beat the Dallas Stars on Sunday, <laughs> four to two. They now move to two seven and two, putting them at the bottom of the entire league in the standings. They take on the Blue Jackets in Columbus on Tuesday night. So there's your Red Wings for the show. If, Impressive win, I thought. Yeah, it was definitely. I mean, I think Dallas is a legit team. They got guys like you know Tyler Sagan, Jason Spezza, Jamie Ben. It's a pretty solid team, but. You know, we uh, not not much to expect from the Red Wings this year, but we'll we'll have more on them as as uh, as the season goes on, assuming they do anything relevant. But hey, a team that is relevant in Detroit, the Detroit Pistons sit at four and one, good for third in the Eastern Conference. Their first and most recent loss of the year coming at the hands of the Boston Celtics on Saturday at home, losing one hundred nine to eighty nine. They will meet the Celtics Tuesday night in Boston. I mean, for me, it's really been an impressive start. I think jumping. Jumping to four and zero was huge, especially with the overtime win against Philly. And Blake had fifty points that game; was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it was but a joke. If the if the Pistons start to me, if the Pistons start the season two and two, one and three, I think that really sets a bad tone for the whole year. And the Pistons, more so than any team, do not did not need that kind of starting. Good thing they didn't, because I feel like after a, a of a dismal a dismal start for the Pistons would mean fans give up. Players start to go like, oh, here we go again. And definitely something that the Pistons did not need. So they really have played some solid team basketball. I mean, I think the Boston games were definitely circled on the calendar as the, the, tr- the true real test for the Pistons. And clearly they got waxed the other night at home. But I genuinely think this is a good basketball team. Like They play together. They play hard all game. And to me, that that is directly attributed to coaching. They appear to be in sync. They, I mean, they ball out together, and they're more – of a professional team, if that makes any sense. And I think it's extremely fun to watch. I mean, like I, in the years past, I haven't been a big turn on the TV and watch the Pistons play the Nuggets on a Wednesday <laughs> night. But I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to watch so far for me. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's better than what you've seen past couple of years, an obsession with going to the playoffs two years ago. But um, I think the most positive thing is I don't think they've really played that well in their four and one. I think you see Reggie Bullock has started off the year struggling a little bit from the three-point line. That's a piece you need to get going. But, I mean, you, it's been Blake. It's just been Blake. Blake has been an absolute monster. I mean, he got shut down by Boston on Saturday, but his production in the first four games of the year was a joke. Like, as a, it, I mean, that game against Philly, when they when J.J. Reddick hit that four-point play, I was like, okay, there's no way they're winning this game. And then Blake, creativity as he is with the ball, I mean, somehow gets to the line and – Causes that foul and gets it done. I mean, this Pistons team, like you said, Ryan, though, I, they've been so irrelevant since the Chauncey era. Like, this, the city of Detroit has kind of, like, they used to, like, I mean, they had the largest sellout street in NBA history, and not in this team, and they can't fill in the sand still. So, I don't know. I know exactly what you're saying there, Ryan. So, you guys are going to have to tell me if this is a hot take or not, but in my oh, opinion, <laughs> just, just Uh-oh. bear with me, bear with me. Okay. In my opinion... I think Blake Griffin is probably a better all-around basketball player now than he was when he was when he first rose to prominence because he's not relying on his athleticism. He can shoot the three ball. He's better in the post. Everything just looks better. He's running point. This offense is around him, not Chris Paul. You know what I mean? So I I I like this new Blake. 
and it's it seems to be working, except you know the one loss. But before that, thirty six points per game. Are you kidding me? When was the last time the Pistons had a thirty six point per game score in any three game four game streak? Right, like yeah. this is ridiculous, yeah. and it's working. And Drummond's a monster on the glass, and those guys are just that's the fuel to the fire. Those guys are playing while the Pistons are going to win. That was one of the questions that I had that I wanted to go over, and I was thinking about, especially after Blake dropped fifty points. I think, I mean. I guess my question is, do Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond not get enough credit for their game? And and I want to focus more on Blake and f- using the term superstar because I feel like, I mean, as far as big men go, for backing up for a little bit, I don't think Andre Drummond gets enough credit for how much of a force he is. Like, I mean, he's a double-double machine. He's a freak of an athlete. And granted, I'm not going to sit here and call Andre an NBA superstar, but I don't hear his name is nearly much league-wide as I think I should. And as far as Blake Griffin goes, if he keeps playing the way he is, I mean, I think he could and should be right in the mix of being considered a superstar. I mean, for both of these guys, I think being in Detroit hurts them because Detroit's not a flashy team, it's not a flashy city. And granted, Blake's had his injury troubles in the past, but I mean, look, but both of these guys simply do not get enough credit. And to your point, Trent, I mean, I think, you know, and I'm curious to what your guys' opinion is because I think Blake Griffin legitimately, especially so far through these first four or five games, I would consider him a top NBA superstar the way he's playing. And I think that at the end of the season, it, as long as you know he doesn't fall off or get injured, God forbid, he should be. He should be in that conversation. Like Trent said, it's you know, he's not playing with Chris Paul and, and, and having to kind of split the split the spotlight there. It's this team is centered around Blake Griffin. I mean you I, like you said though, like can he stay healthy? Sure, yeah. He, I mean, yeah. if you look at his career, he puts up superstar numbers when he's healthy. And when you saw it in L.A. last year when Chris Paul went down, I, not last year, two years ago, I, I mean, they didn't have Chris Paul, and they were a top-four team in the West because Blake, they ran it around Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. He's a special passer. He's had great handle for a big his size. It's unbelievable to watch him dribble the ball. But I think the problem with Blake and Andre. First of all, I will say this about Andre. Great rebounder. Great hustle guy. Maybe the worst defender <laughs> against good against quality talent. He's terrible defending. Like Joel Embiid, he said, he, I own headspace in Drummond. He yeah. does. He <laughs> clearly does. But that's a different topic for a different day. But, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a superstar, but if he can stay healthy, he's going to be an all-star, I think, with the numbers he's putting up. Yeah, I I think they'll both be all-stars. It's just, a you know, it, it's ridiculous. Last year, Drummond definitely should have been the all-star in the East. Oh, I agree. Al Horford got the votes, and he ended up getting in because, was it Porzingis got hurt? Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, Dre's my favorite player, so I absolutely love him and I defend him. Anyone who says, you know, he's not – Oh, he's cracked up to be, but he, you know, he's a consistent double double guy. He's going to crash the board. He's probably the most dominant rebounder that we've like seen since Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Yeah. Like, yeah, seriously, like yeah. that's not even hyperbole. That's a fact because yeah. he's about to win his third rebounding title, and who's done that? You know, right. in the last couple decades. So, and then and then Blake Blake is averaging twenty eight, ten, and four, and that to me that's pretty that's pretty damn good. Like he's yeah. In, yeah. he's in the Eastern Conference, like so I understand that part of it, but. He is a top three, four, five player in the East right now. Right now, you know we're f- we're five games in. I get it, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and and because he's not doing all these crazy athletic things anymore, and he's not jumping over cars and all that stuff, I I think he can stay healthy, and I think he'll he'll continue to run point. And he won't rely on his athleticism. He'll step out and shoot the three ball like he's been doing, get it rolling, and, and that that's kind of what has 
you know, that when Blake plays well, the team plays well. They bring in Blake. Yeah. They, it's kind of like the LeBron effect almost. He goes to the bench and the team, you know, yeah, you know, fourteen point lead slips to eight. So you bring Blake back in. So it, to me, they're both they're both to answer the question. I don't think they get enough credit, but by the end of the season, we might see that change. I think the concern though with this Pistons team are they too reliant on Blake because he goes to the bench and they Perhaps, bench and yeah, yeah right, and yeah. he's a guy you can't have too much workload on because he's you look at his injury history, it's ridiculous. So I. I I would like to see the Pistons maybe work in guys like Ellenson, even though, I mean, it seems like he's a bust and whatever, but, like, find someone who can, like, eat up minutes and be productive. Like Anthony Tolliver would do for this Pistons team last year. He was great great in that role, for sure. I will say this, though. If I I have to say one negative thing about the team that I've seen, and I I texted Trent about this the other day. First of all, (laughs) I get it's a shooting league, but... I really don't need to see Andre shooting threes. Like I, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, before I, the I don't, don't get me started. But I hate it. Uh. I have I have no clue why Andre Drummond is allowed to touch the ball beyond the arc. I remember. I think I want to say it was against Cleveland. I mean, first of all, he's averaging close to four turnovers per game five games into the season, and uh. Brandon guys like I mean like Reggie Jackson. I'd like to see him work on his turnover stuff too, but. For Blake and Andre together, you have two of the best front court players in the NBA. Use them. Like I, I, I would probably, I would go on record saying that their front court, in my opinion, is the best in the league. You look yeah, at a yeah. one-two well, punch since, since the Cousins Davis yes. duo broke up. I would definitely say and, that. And to that, and and my point with that being that I don't need to see Andre Drummond beyond the three-point line dribbling the ball because he can't dribble. Put him on the block. Feed him the ball and let him work. I, I don't they Blake and and Andre should have a double double every single night if they're if they played within themselves yeah. in the paint. And obviously Blake is a bit more talented with the ball. And to an extent, I'm fine with him, you know, taking, you know, three point shots, you know, working in the mid in the mid-range sections of the floor. But I don't I just I watched Andre Drummond, you know, they we the Pistons cross half court, ball goes right to Andre at the top of the key. Like, what are you gonna do? We put it on the ground and, and lose yeah. it between your legs? I don't need to see that. I mean, Andre's at his best when he's rim running. When they got yeah, that pick exactly. and roll going with Reggie, that's the one thing. People give Reggie Jackson a very hard time. Him and Andre complement each other very well, mm-hmm. and they play good basketball together. But I mean, when you let Andre sometimes feels himself too much, exactly. And, yeah, and he's like, "I'm gonna go t- t- take this three, or I'm gonna try and cross up this random guy because he is so talented. He's such a physically imposing athlete, and he's a competitor. So I see what you're saying there. But also, though, I I wouldn't say this. I think maybe best in the East. I think. When I whoever Golden State puts on their front court's probably better than everyone yeah, in the league. I guess, but, sure. but I mean, that's not what the argument, and that's something for a different day. I guess. Well, the the whole front court thing with Golden State is like they don't play like big men, so right. I mean, it's it's kind of a different question a little Durant's bit. Like, like seven foot yeah, in terms of like, you know like, like old school yeah, old school protecting the paint, cleaning the glass. You know, Drummond and Griffin are top notch, but um. I agree with both of you guys. Couldn't agree more. Like Drummond, he I love him to death. And I watch him and it just ups <laughs> like he sometimes thinks he's six foot three. And he goes, he he starts dribbling the ball, he tries to finger roll over Joel and beat. I'm like, what are you doing? But um there yeah, there were too many times in that Philly game where I was just I wanted to scream at him. Cause we, we couldn't we just could not get the lead and here goes Drummond coming through. But 
Ryan, I got your exact text right here. Quote, I don't get why Andre is allowed to dribble the ball ever, end quote. It was <laughs> yeah, hilarious. No, seriously. And that was right after, yeah, it was in the Cavs game. Yeah. And he, he tried to he tried this pass through someone's legs or something. I don't know. Exactly. And I, you he's look a at, pretty good passer, though. Yeah, I'll no, give he, him that. He's yeah, a good sure. passer. I just think but. when you look at the – you, know, you call me old school. I – I don't. I really can't stand the way the NBA is transitioning into this hero ball. Everyone's gonna rain. It's gonna rain threes. You know, it's just like to me. You have Blake and you have Andre. And I remember when the Cavs, you know, brought in Andrew Bogut right against the Warriors, yeah. and then he got hurt immediately. You to beat a team like the Warriors in my eyes, you're not gonna outshoot them. They've got Steph. They've got no Clay. They got Kevin Durant. You're not outshooting the Warriors. But if you have, if the Pistons are playing the Warriors, you have Blake. You have Andre throw the ball inside. Granted, you know if Boogie Cousins comes back, that's huge. Yeah. But if you throw the ball inside and let them work against whichever league league salary minimum players they throw yeah. out there, you could kill them. You could yeah. like you did when they said. Yeah. So, ooh, I like that. Yeah. Get a yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I the Pistons. I, I'm yeah. really proud of the start they're they're off. Of one more sure. one more point though. I, with Andre, I love when they do that pick and roll with Blake and Andre because oh, because yes. Blake is such a good passer, and I think that fits Andre's game way better. I really don't like. I I wish Andre would just develop some low post game where he has one little move that he can go to on and off. Or he tries that little fadeaway like floater, <laughs> yeah. and he I think he misses it like eighty percent of the time. If he had a little ten footer, I mean, it completely changes his game. I wish he wouldn't. I think. <laughs> Put more work on shooting threes and getting a ten footer. So he, I don't know. He is very good when he puts the ball on the floor when he's you know seven eight feet from the basket. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's hard, good he's, face up. He's nearly in, unstoppable. You know, there's a couple guys, Embiid, Cousins, Davis, who can stand in there against him. But then, real quick, if we can preview the Celtics game that's coming up, Ugh. is it tomorrow? Yeah, Cap- so, yeah. Okay. so they let the Pistons let Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, and Jason Tatum. They actually held them to a combined thirteen. So. Daniel Tice had like eighteen. It's gonna be yeah, yeah. So then, so then here's the flip side: is Marcus Morris had eighteen, Daniel Tice had seventeen, and Rozier, their backup point guard, at fourteen. That's all off the bench. So if the Pistons can just like play a little bit better defense than the guys they don't think they have to, mm-hmm. and, and granted, Blake Griffin was two of thirteen and 0 four from three. So I, I I would credit that game more to what the Pistons didn't do than what the Celtics did. But they, we'll see. They just looked flat coming out on yeah, Saturday. Yeah. They just it just look, I mean the Celtics haven't been playing exactly the basketball they thought they were going to be playing coming out of the start. And I think they that was a frustration game for Boston. One so huge it'll be more positive. interesting tomorrow. One huge positive was Stanley Johnson though. So oh, that's yeah. that's good to see. You know, even though it came in a loss, you know, that that Yeah, six, he needs to 16 on 6 of yeah, 11 yeah. shots and he also hit three threes. So that's that's really good to see. He's the most important piece on this team because if he goes, I think that completely changes the trajectory because he's a lottery talent. He has major yep. talent and if he could provide something on the offensive end because he's already a really good defender, it changes the scope of this Pistons team. Well, it is definitely nice to have something positive to talk about because now we have to do the negative, and we're going to move on to the Detroit Football Lions. Forward down the field. Oh, sing it, baby, sing it. <laughs> Lions get caught with their pants down at home, losing to the Seahawks 28-14. to They now move to 3-4 and four on the season. Your stats on the day, Matthew Stafford, 27 for 40 or 20. Yeah, that makes sense, right? 20, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My mind is just not yeah. has nothing to do with stats right You're now. You're hungry, dude. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm starving and I'm pissed off. 310 yards through the air, two touchdowns, one beautiful interception in the end zone. Carry on Johnson after a week of putting up, what, over 150 yards? 
on the ground gets a whopping eight carries for 22 yards. Marvin Jones had a nice game, though. Seven catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns. Now, here's the deal. I Usually, we sit here. I throw out questions at you guys. We all give answers. We move on. But it's not what I want to do today. I just, I, I want to, all of us here, the Thanks. three of us in this studio, to be honest with ourselves, we'll have a roundtable discussion of sorts. Everyone gets a turn to rant or say that because Trent, I, I was surprised. Trent goes, he goes, I got a lot to say on the show this week because I'm not very happy. I'm like, wow, because <laughs> usually Trent's Mr. Optimism. And he's, it's the reason why I continue to watch Lions football is the optimism <laughs> that he brings me. But you was well, in Ford Field this week. I was there. Yeah, you were there. I you got there. to see it in person, unfortunately. Yep. So look, here's. I'll kick I'll kick it off with with my rant and for for anyone who knows me very well when I get animated I get animated and <laughs> it's about to get animated. Let so it rip, Ryan. If you're you know if you've been waiting for this through twelve episodes, here it is. And I and I get it. I, I, I just the it's another loss. They moved to three and four. It's not like they're zero and seven. You know the Seahawks are a decent team, but 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 here's the thing. We've sat here for weeks now and we've been unsure of. What to think about this team, and are they good? Are they not good? What does this loss mean? Can they beat this team? I finally have the answer. Now, let me, I'll preface it by saying I have tried so hard to stay positive. I've tried to give them the benefit of the doubt and defend this team all year, but I am done. I'm going to say it right now. I'm done. The Detroit <laughs> Lions, in my eyes, are not a good football team. There's my answer. After seven weeks of Detroit Lions football, I have finally concluded that all the optimism that I've had, all the, oh, it's just a bad loss. Oh, great Patriots win. Great Packers win. The Lions are not a good football team. Let me break down for you while I continue to stand on my soapbox here. Here's what I factually watched on Sunday. Your offensive coordinator and Jim Bob Cooter, Seems like he draws up his plays in crayon on the back of a children's menu from Olive Garden. That's factual. Your defensive coordinator, Father Time, seems like he starts game planning for whatever team the Lions are playing in any given week 30 minutes before kickoff. Your head coach seems like he presses a button on his controller to simulate an entire game like he's playing a game of Madden. Even with the addition of the best run stopper in the National Football League in Damon Harrison, the run defense this week made Chris Carson look like the Incredible Hulk. The secondary, namely Nevin Lawson and Tease Tabor, looked like this was the first time ever playing the sport of American football. And your quarterback, Matthew Stafford, looked like he woke up from a nap 10 minutes before the game with Cheetos on his stomach and his hand in his pants. Factually, that's what I saw on Sunday. Now, before the optimists out there jump all over me, I want to reiterate that what I'm saying is all factual. I factually saw an incredible scoring drive from the Lions to open the game 7-0, where I thought the game was going to be a walk in the park for the Lions. That's factual. Amir Abdullah fumbling the ball on a kick return to essentially suck the life out of Ford Field. Factual. The Seahawks punter going for the... I I think he ran the ball longer than Kerryon Johnson had all 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 day all game long. I mean that was maybe the most absurd thing to ever happen exactly. in Fordfield. I've ne- a punter <laughs> on a fourth and ten from their own one just pits it right, up. Who was trying to literally just run clock and take a safety? It was now unbelievable. A first down. That's a factual thing that happened. Russell Wilson 
only throwing the ball 17 mother-loving times in an NFL football game, completing 83% of the passes for 250 yards and three touchdowns. That is factual. Now, you'll never hear me sit here and say that I give up on a team or on a season. I've said that before. Until this team hits the number of losses, like, I don't know, 7, 8, 9, where the playoffs start to become factually unachievable, I, I I get the Lions. There's still a chance to make the playoffs, albeit I don't think it's very likely. I will still watch. I will still cheer. I will still I will still support. But boy, has my expectation changed. You know what? You know what the problem with the Lions is? They lie to you and they make you feel <laughs> stupid. And uh... you know they talk the talk in the off season. They tease you. They make these moves. Uh, this year will be different. You know, this they, week was different. Got, ex- exactly. You get snatch airs and you're feeling all confident. Yep. They then then they suck you in. They push you out game after game. I cannot do it anymore. It's not good for my health. I get it. It's the NFL. Teams lose, but good teams, playoff teams, don't do what the Lions did on Sunday. It's different if this is the first or second loss of the year, but. You go back and look at losses to like the Jets, the Niners, and the Cowboys, and now the losses seem real. What seemed to me like, oh man, you know, they get blown out by the Jets on Monday night. It is what it is. They move past it and they go beat the Patriots and they beat the Packers. And I'm getting every single game wrong in the first five, six weeks. Now those losses seem real. The offensive and defensive lines got bullied all day on Sunday. The defense continues to be dreadful. The This Lions team that we are watching this year does not have the personnel, does not have the coaching, does not have the mindset to be a good, great, or playoff team. I hate to bring up SOL because I think it's lazy, and, and Collins and I talked about it on the car right here. This was a typical Lions loss. Was- I don't know if we said it on air or if we said it after we closed the show last Monday. But we were like, oh, how how typical would it be for the Lions to go out and lose and just and not lay compete? in exactly how typical? And we were like, oh no, you know they won't do it different. It's not different. It's the same stuff. And in Matthew Stafford, I I really really hate to point fingers, but my lord, you wanna you wanna bring up Matthew Stafford being elite? He answered your questions on Sunday. He's not, and he's being overpaid compared to how he plays. I could name you ten quarterbacks in the league. That if you dress them up in the Honolulu blue number nine jersey, the same outcome happens. The same twenty-eight to fourteen game happens as it did on Sunday. Now, granted, I could name you ten quarterbacks in the league that would go out there, and the Lions might not score a single point against the Seahawks. But I could also give you a lot of quarterbacks that could do a lot better than Matthew Stafford did, and that to me is why he is not elite. I am sick and tired of getting my hopes up. I'm sick and tired of playing the game of, oh, you know, they they win this week and they lose the next week, and I, I just, I can't do it. I have just come to the, and like I said, I'm not going to be, you know, negative for the rest of the season. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to not go to a Lions game if I get the chance to. I'm not going to stop watching. I'm going to support the team, but I am saying now that I have finally come to terms with it, this is not a good football team. It's just not, and there's so many question marks still and so many problems still. And again, to beat a dead horse, I very early on in my career watching Matthew Stafford, I was never a big fan because he didn't win the big games. And, and I, I grew up a little bit. I matured. I took a step back. I realized 
He does not have a good football team around him, and I still don't think he does. But, dude, you're getting paid, like, what, $28 million? And I get it. Your stats don't look horrible. But the interception in the end zone and, you know, the the short, cute passes at the end of the game that make your, make your completion percentage go up and, and your yardage look sweet, I'm just done. I don't buy it anymore. He's just not playing good football. He really hasn't all year, to be honest. So, I'm stepping off my soapbox. I'm curious as to what you guys have to say because I just I, I can't do it anymore. It was the most Lions thing of all time on Sunday. You have all, it, all week you hear, oh, wow, the Lions made a really good trade. They robbed the Giants. Get Harrison. I mean, you get where's the holes on this team? They filled their biggest hole. I mean, he helped. He did help. Yeah, no, I, no. He, he, he was he, good. He was, an he was good. Great and it was addition. a good trade. Yes. And it was a good trade. I'm, it just when. It looks like the Lions are finally going to get over that hump ever. They just become the Lions again and show how inept the organization is. But I, I I would like to beat a dead horse that you said about Stafford. That interception, I, I can. I mean, he drops a football there You're on, on that fumble. You're down 14 points. But, I mean, you point fingers on the defense. They were terrible. I mean, I don't even know who that running back is. And he, <laughs> he looked like Marshawn in his prime. It was yep. a joke. I mean... It was Jared Davis, by the way, is a bust. I'm off Jared Davis. I, I mean, it's Ooh. unbelievable. Trent's not going to like that's Davis. a hot take right there. Trent, I mean, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll yeah, let you finish. finish. I'm just, yeah. I totally disagree. <laughs> I've, go ne- ahead. I've never seen anyone who the, were the defensive line is not good. I would agree with that. But they stack him up, and he does not pursue the ball. He's hesitant, and he does not look confident in his defense. Maybe it's a coordinator. May, may, I don't know. But I mean, the secondary is terrible. They, I mean, you hear people, the Lions might go get Patrick Peterson. I mean, they might have to if they want to win five <laughs> games. Because Tease Taborn is the slowest cornerback in the National Football League. And they knew it. I mean, it was an immediate bust. Immediate bust. You have people sh- at training camp who are like, this guy runs like a 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. This guy's a joke. What were they thinking? But I, I don't... But I think the main point is Stafford. I mean, you cannot throw that interception in the red zone. You cannot drop a football when your team is driving. I mean, he's led this team many times back. and But the, he just doesn't win games. You have to win. He, they, this Lions franchise will never do that. You don't win a game on Sunday night at home against the Packers. You don't win a game in Thanksgiving against the Vikings. Those are games you have to win to win this division. And this division is up for grabs again. And guess what? The Lions aren't going to win it because that's what? The quarterback plays mediocrity, and the defense is mediocre. So I, I'm not gonna get. I wasn't mad. I it was almost laughable how Lions it was when that punter ran out of the back of the end zone for 20 yards, I, wherever it was. That was in. I was laughing. That was no one in the NFL has ever done that ever. <laughs> yep. Ever. That was insane. But. You, I mean, you got to look at Patricia. This, the, I mean, they weren't up for this team. I think the moment the Seahawks out on the field, they go right down the field. and They they laid an edge. They laid an edge. But the funny thing is, not to be all gloom and doom, is they still have a chance in this division, but they're not going to win. That's that's what pains Lions fans so much. They're going to go to Minnesota, maybe win, maybe not win, but hey, we got, still got shit in this yeah. division. And you got the weird, like... Super fan Lions guys, you're like, oh, this team, hey, we could go to the Super Bowl this year, and now, yeah, this team is trash. They're going seven and nine, and they're getting a 13 pick in the draft, and another year of doom in Detroit. Whew. 
All right, Trent, I I know you you probably have a little bit more positive things to say about this team than, than we both did, so you're, here's your soapbox. Go ahead, get up on it. Let's hear it. I am turning on my open sign, and I'm letting the door open, and I'm selling hope in my store. All right. It's, okay. time, it's time to roll. Beautiful. It, well, I, I'll start by this. I, it, was an, it was an awful game, and I was there to see it firsthand, and I have been to more Alliance games than I can count, in all honesty. Some years I go to two. We even traveled, my family traveled to Heinz Field, so I'm playing the Steelers one year. Jim Schwartz faked the field goal. You guys remember this? Oh, oh Schwartzy? Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? His nips are probably popping. So I've been, <laughs> I've been to a lot of Lions games, and that was the the quietest and the most just, you know, fans, fans like, um, they just gave up mm-hmm. after halftime. And, and it was frustrating because I'm optimistic, right? So I'm sitting up there in the third deck, and I'm, like, trying to get people to, like, and and I got this old guy in front of me who's like, "We have no talent." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? We have talent. We got Trent, Trent's yelling wi- defend the yeah. den. Yeah. This yeah. old guy's giving him the like, business." Are you kidding? I'm sitting. I'm, oh, we need Barry. But, but so, <laughs> so then he, you know, funny story. He was actually wearing the 2012 roster on his back. Like he had a shirt that had the 2012 roster really? listed on his back. What a I was, legend! I was reminiscing all these, you know, Jeff Backuses and Eric. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Backus. What a name! Just great guys, but. So I'll I'll continue with three, the three biggest to blame before I get into positives because I disagree with a lot of what you guys said. But I'll start with what I agree with what you said. And neither one of you mentioned this. Amir Abdullah after that fumble, nothing good happened. This guy's terrible. He needs to he he he, he does not deserve a job in Detroit. Never has done anything to like redeem himself. He's just not good, and it's okay. You drafted him like four years ago. Just get rid. Like he's he's done. Okay, mm-hmm. he's done. I I understand that Riddick wasn't dressed, so they had to you know bring in a. He's he's terrible. Momentum shifted after that fumble. You hand it to the Seahawks on the thirty yard line, and they go up fourteen seven just like that. And nothing good happened after that. That was the biggest momentum shift that I've seen all season long. And that offensive line. And I'll I'll get into this later. I don't think Stafford is as much to blame as the offensive line because the offensive line literally Stafford was running for his life after two seconds of every snap. <laughs> like the, you, I know you guys. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll I'll address the bad things about Stafford in a second. But like that strip fumble wasn't his fault. He's running for his life. He, he dropped got, it, he, Trent. He okay? How how much? You know, watch that play. You know how many seconds it took for the pocket to collapse? I Are you kidding? I hear, you. I hear your Are point. Are you but joking? He, he dropped the okay, ball. but after a game like that last last week against the Dolphins, when the offensive line was great, and then they come out here and just absolutely crap the bed. Like, get more consistent. T.J. Lang, get in the face of those young guys. Show some leadership. Okay, I put it more on them. Protect your quarterback. He's trying to make a football play, and I understand that interception was bad, but like. We're Lions fans. So we've seen these comebacks before, and you're like, you're trying to believe and stuff like that. We're still down 14. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That that sealed the deal. I get it, but he he's just trying to make a play because no one is doing anything except for Marvin Jones. I'll give him credit in a second. And that third, the third biggest to blame, the secondary is absolutely terrible. Like, and and it's not everyone. I'm not going to point fingers at everyone. Like, Quandre Diggs. Quandre Diggs plays, he's a, he's a baller, okay? But on that Ed Dixon touchdown, it looks like he was trying to pick it off and you have a broken hand. Like, just swat it down. It's fourth and four. Seahawks kick a field goal and it's 17-7 instead of 21-7 going into the half. Ed Dixon is at least 50. He was playing on Oregon when, like, Dennis Dixon was playing quarterback. That guy is old as dust. I was in shot that he's still in the Ed Dixon. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, and so, tangent. No, you're all right. And then... um. 
I tease Tabor. He's just not good. He's just not good. And that, that's why that's why I would love to see the Lions go out and get Patrick Peterson ahead of tomorrow's deadline because, I, like, him opposite Slate, that would whether we want to admit it or not, like that would solve a lot of problems. Yes, just I think agree. about it. I agree. That would solve a lot of problems. I'd love to see the Lions go get Patrick Peterson because, quite frankly, Tease Tabor hasn't made one good defensive play all year. And I say that in all seriousness. Um, so now who's not to blame? And you guys are going to absolutely kill me for this. Matt Stafford had no protection all day. That fumble wasn't his fault. And he, he had a great deep ball to Marvin and another one that led to an interf- interference spot fall on the 16-yard line. He went 27 for 40 with two touchdowns, 310 yards. Hasn't thrown a pick. That Well, that was his first pick since week three against New England. Like, he's he's playing he's playing fine. He's you got to protect him. I, and and I just want you. I want to ask you guys this. You guys can answer. Who, when we signed him to the big five-year extension, who did you realistically? Well, first of all, were you on board with it? And oh, second, yeah. and I, second, who did you realistically want? Who was better? Who you think would actually have us in a better situation right now than Matt Stafford? I'm not off Matt Stafford, but he's closer to Andy Dalton than he is to Aaron Rodgers. That is my take. That I'm just he's yes. a good quarterback. Well, okay, but to you, be fair, you just compared him to maybe the greatest, the most talented no, no, I quarterback under, we've ever seen. No, I understand that, but I think Russell Wilson's in a different class than Matthew Stafford. I would, yeah, I just think he is not in that upper tier, and he's medi- He's not media. He'll make you great plays. He's had a great arm. He's a great talent, and I am on board. And I think he is the guy in Detroit who could lead them to something big. But I right now he's improved anything. He's closer to Andy Dalton than. That top five class. I think when they when they signed him to that extension, I was on board. And the reason being because the Lions have been so damn close for so long, it feels like, that if you're gonna try to if you're gonna let Stafford go and draft the, the next big yeah, thing, no. it, it's gonna take too long. It might not pan out. You have Stafford's the guy. I, I agree no, yeah. that Stafford's the guy because like I mean, Trent, to your answer your question, you're not going to find anyone else. Not yeah. you're not going to be able to, you know, trade Stafford and bring back a Russell Wilson or bring back a yeah. quarterback. It, it Stafford is is the guy. I hear you, but what to? I think Collins made a great point, and I hear you 100 percent because the offensive line has sucked. He doesn't have receivers aren't getting open. I I understand 100 percent that. It's not all on Stafford, but to to Colin's point, which was brilliant, and I heard also I heard it today on the radio. I think they were comparing him being closer to Kirk Cousins than someone else. But you know, I, I look at a guy like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson to me is a great measuring stick because he's like smack dab in the middle of you know here's your elite court, here's your Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Whatever, and then on the other side of that's your Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford. I think Russell Wilson is is right there, but it it, it comes down to me of you know decision making and in in what you do with the ball and in your pocket awareness and in like you said, dude, the offensive line blows. He shouldn't have to run for his life. He should have guys making plays for him. He should have an offensive coordinator that understands the concept of football. It is just so asinine to see some of the decisions Stafford makes in year whatever. He just, to me, has to be better. No, I would completely agree with that. And the offensive line, I would agree. When they are in a run scheme, this offensive line thrives. I think they're a bunch of maulers. They're not 
They're not a good pass pro team. But, I mean, you see on some of those plays, I think it's either the receivers or Stafford holding on to the ball too long. There's a third and four. That's a quick route. you got to get that ball out of your hands quickly. And you see, guys, I'm like you said, Trent, you, it's not a fair comparison to compare him to Rodgers because Rodgers is arguably the most talented quarterback yes. ever to play. And I completely agree with that. But, I mean, you like Russell Wilson, his timing is so impeccable. Everything is on time. He goes through his progression so fast. And it's not that Stafford is so talented and he's smart and he's, I wouldn't say he's unclutch. And there's been a lot of factors in his career, but at some point you just got to take over and say, guys, I'm going to put the team on their shoulders and exactly. we're going to win a big game, a big game. He's done it against lesser opponents. He's never really done that like against the Packers on Sunday night. He's like, guys, get out of the way. I'm going to take over. Mm-hmm. I like. I just would like to see him do that. I, si- I still think he's a top 12 guy, but he's not gonna, a guy who's going to take you to a Super Bowl without really good pieces on the defense. Okay, I'm glad you said top twelve because I, I mean I think he's better than that, but like don't tell me he's average. He's he's so no, much better than average. No, I, I, I know agree, neither yeah. one of you guys yeah. neither one of you guys said that, yeah, but like but continue, to, the yeah, idiots, with your, yeah. to the idiots who say that he's average, go home and yeah, stop like, right, that's, like nah. quit. Yeah. <laughs> like go be a Packers yeah, fan yeah. for all I care. Um the, yeah, like I said, the offensive line, TJ Lang, show like I, I and the only reason I say that is because I don't get he's why had still, success. Yeah, yeah. Like, just get in these like fire them up a little bit, okay? Like you've been there, you have a mm-hmm. Super Bowl ring, you've you've been to the Pro Bowl, like you're do something, you know what I'm Why saying? Why is Ragnar still not at center? I'll it, never, I'll never. I, under- I just think the chemistry that Glasgow and Stafford probably built for the couple years they're together. I, I, I why draft him? Why draft? But, but Ragnar's not bad. He's he's not he's not playing bad where he's at though. That's the thing. I he's, get that, but I want. I feel like he's stronger at a center position, and Glasgow has more experience playing tackle than Ragnar. But whatever. That's just my pet peeve on that offensive line. To continue with Stafford, um, and this is the last thing I'll say. L- listen, this guy. You're not going to find very many guys who want to stay in Detroit, who are bought in, who want to bring the city a Super Bowl title. And he, okay, so so he has won many more games than he's lost. Could you both agree on that at least? Like yes. I, I, big yes. games, look yes. at whatever. Yes. He's yes. won more. Completely game. He, and, and when was the last time? What, did Matt Stafford lose us the game yesterday? Yes. You think so? Yes. I, I think it was the defense 1,000%. Yes. I think the defense team and an Amir Abdullah. The defense and Amir Abdullah lost the game yesterday. Stafford was Stafford had 310 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, but those not. I mean, you're, I understand what you're saying. I don't. I wouldn't say he lost the game, but he's a. I think he's 50 50 with that. Even offense. though he's running for his life after two and a half seconds every single snap. Yeah, but you get down to the red zone, you get down in plus territory, and you have two big turnovers there that are easily avoidable. First of all, that play, when they threw that interception, I don't know why they went hurry up or why they didn't call a timeout. They were rushed that whole time, and I could see. I actually said to my, not to Brad, humble Brad, actually. I was like, here's a pitch by Stafford right here. They're going way too big. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, if anyone believes me, no, that actually happened. No, but. I don't. I don't. You know, I. It's again. It's hard for me to put a game on one guy because I. I'm very well aware if this team it's not doesn't all have. Fault, if no. this team doesn't have Stafford, they probably don't win a game. My thing is, like I said, it's the interception in the red zone. I get the 310 yards look sexy, but you look at the end of the game, the little bubble screens and the short passes. It. it, it Makes the stats bigger than they are. I just think you know. And I, I'll let you continue, Trent, because I apologize. We've you know. No, you're right. You're right. I, I've, been, yeah. I've been asking questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See how but, I do this? It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. It's it's to me. Pro. It's it's like the it's the X factor that dude. Everyone knows 
when Aaron Rodgers is down in the fourth quarter, and the perfect example is against the Bears. I think it was week one. Yeah, again, it was. And Sunday he night. comes on the field, and I'm sitting there. I was in Arizona because I was watching the game. I was at, went to the Michigan State game, and I'm sitting there with my uncles, and I've got Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team. I go, I don't care how much the Bears are up by. If Aaron Rodgers comes back in this game, it's game over. And look, what happened. And, and granted, again, it's an unfair comparison, but there has to be a certain level. And you say it with TJ Lang, and I could not agree more. Someone in the locker room has to stand up and fire this team up. I see videos of Kirk Cousins screaming at his team before the game. You know, guys like Andy Dalton I've seen get up and and, and be a just be a leader, man. And like I hear Stafford in the post game, I gotta be better. I gotta be better. We we got a game plan better. Then do it. Like like freaking do it. I don't know what like like if, if Stafford, if you don't have and it is just a, it, it, I know I'm being unfair, but if you don't have the O line, if you don't have receivers that get open, if your offensive coordinator, just try do it yourself, please. I don't know. Trent, continue. I'm, just, I'm yeah. Let, my let's mind. let Trent finish. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get we'll move on from the Stafford thing. My opinion, I don't think he lost the game yesterday. I think he was he he didn't play great. Okay, he was a big it was, part in it. Besides, That's what I'm saying okay. I'll, fair. Besides the Monday night game against the Jets, that might have been his worst game of the season. Of his career, probably. But, but he was he, awful. That but game. he sure. still, like, he still did. I don't think. I don't think Stafford is the reason. I think there were three. I just gave you three bigger reasons that I think the Lions lost: Samir Abdullah, the offensive All line, fair. and the secondary. Okay, so moving on. Snacks Harrison played great. Like, I, I got the I got the advanced statistics here. The Seahawks averaged three point one yards per carry when he was on on the turf. And when he was off it, they doubled it to six. Yeah, like he he, he is the best run stopper in the league, and he let he led. I know it was an atrocious defense, but he led a defense yesterday with seven tackles and a sack. He was the best player on the field on that side of the ball yesterday, and that's exactly what you brought him here to do. So I'm excited for him moving forward. I think he played pretty pretty good, you know, considering that he had three days to pick up the scheme or whatever. And then obviously Marvin Jones seven for one seventeen and two touchdowns. He First time I didn't play him in fantasy yet. this whole year really? was this week. It was, was pretty cool. You should you should cool. sit him more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then. Um, the biggest problems in in my eyes, and I'll get less fired. I'll try to get less fired up about this. Uh, <laughs> no, continue. The, I love it. Jim Bob Cooter. I just don't understand. There's some things I just don't understand. Like Kenny Galladay, one catch. Okay, like, you got to use him a little bit more. He's six foot three. He no one on the no one on Seattle could cover him. This isn't. They don't have Richard Sherman. They don't have Cam Chancellor. They lost Earl Thomas. They don't have those guys back there. Throw the ball to Galladay. Throw the ball to like just take some more shots. I guess is what I'm saying. And Galladay's the perfect guy to do that. Michael Roberts' name was not called once, once. And maybe I guess you guys would probably put that on Stafford, but I, I'd completely put it on Jim Bob Cooter. Get your boy out there. He had two touchdowns last week and didn't even get a target in this game. So. I mean, they use Luke Wilson and I Tululu, whatever that guy's <laughs> name is. They, I mean, they use their tight ends. I think yeah. Wilson had three grabs. But he did, but he also had a drop. And I'm, I mean, <laughs> Lee, he drops yeah. every time. I was just so, going to talk. Yeah. Luke Wilson had a drop, and Golden Tate dropped two balls. I don't care if you think they were thrown I mean, behind he might be him. Traded, it they, sounds like they hit him in the hands, and he dropped them. Mm. Okay, so I and, and I'll give him a pass because he's obviously proven that he's you know better than that. But Luke Wilson, you can't be dropping balls. Um, so. <clears throat> I'd, to 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 wrap this up, I guess what I all I want to say is that well, actually, I'll also, also say this: the defense needs to force a turnover. Oh yeah, the defense yeah. has not forced a turnover since that Packers game when they had what was it like two or three? Like they haven't done anything since then. Uh, 
it didn't didn't get anything against Miami last week, but it was fine because they were leading the whole time. Whatever. They're terrible the, on third down. Yesterday, terrible. oh yeah, it's it's bad. Um, yesterday was a perfect example of a time where you need a defense to get a turn. Like just you need your defense to get some pressure. And I know it's Russell mm-hmm. Wilson; he doesn't make many mistakes, but like get one. Quandre Diggs could have had one. Uh, Glover Quinn almost had one. Um, you know what I mean? Like, just just make, make someone's got to make a football play. You don't see many games where a defense doesn't get a turnover, at least one. You know, it's just part of football. But um, to, to to wrap this up, to wrap up my little spiel here, the Lions aren't done. They they got talent. I just you know they get, you got you got a top quarterback in Stafford. You know, debatable where you guys want to slide him in there. I think he's a top eight quarterback. Um, you got a top three receiving core in the NFL. Debate it. That that you could actually make a case for number one. It's just the consistency. You got a young, versatile running back in Johnson who absolutely embarrassed another defender yesterday, um, which was the highlight of the whole game. A Pro Bowl D lineman in Ziggy, and he's coming back. He is com- he's going to come back next week, and I think it's going to be a big difference. He just got Snacks Harrison, and now you got Darius Slay. So I honestly, I don't, uh, th- there's talent on this team. There's so much talent there. Use it, start using it. Bad game for the Lions, bad timing, obviously. A lot of season to play, a lot of games to play. I believe in this quarterback. I got faith in this team. Take it one game at a time. Um, schedule coming up, you know, it's, the season is on the line these next two weeks. You got to win these two games against the divisional opponents because the NFC North is still wide open. Only played one game against an opponent opponent so far, and that was the Packers, and they won. So you got to win these divisional games. And like yesterday was literally the difference between first and last place in the North. We're sitting in last place. We would have won yesterday. The Vikings lost. The Packers lost. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So these are just things to think about. So, I'm not out on the team yet. I like you, like you always say, Ryan. Unless you reach, you know, that seven, eight, nine loss mark, I'm not out. I, but, I, I completely agree with you there, though. The fact that they've only played one division game is kind of interesting. It's huge. That it's yeah. all, it's all in front of them. But I, I don't know how you have any belief, any belief that they're going to be able to beat Aaron Rodgers again, or they're going to go into Minnesota and win, or go in and play in a cold, like twenty degree weather game and. And then beat Mitch Trubisky, who's not even that good, but that Bears defense is tough. So I, I don't, I don't see the faith in this team. But I, I think the one thing for optimist, like optimism, I think this run defense will continue to get good as Harrison gets more adjusted with this defense because he's going to get more snaps than he did on Sunday. I, it's <laughs> like the one, I, yeah. It's just so. Here's my thing. I. I'm on Trent's side in the sense where, like, I, I I wanted to make it clear, and I know there's a lot of things that I said when I went on my little rant here. I'm not, again, I'll can I'll still support the team. I'll watch every week. You're not Lions free, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I will never be Lions free because I think if you're gonna quit and just be, it's just so lazy and stupid and don't watch. And I don't want to be so negative. But the point I'm trying to make here is, and I guess where I I swing back more to Collins is there has to be a certain point. As Lions fan, where we stop making excuses for the team. And Stafford. That is, and Stafford. That, that is my one thing. The expectation has to be raised. And just like I think we all kind of hinted at it, the Lions could very well go beat the Vikings on the road next week. And then what do we have ourselves, guys? It's More four and, It's four and four. Oh, we got the Bears coming up. We got the Packers. And for all we know... They could go win the next freaking five games and it's all sunshine and rainbows, or they could go two and three. I just I I can't keep playing the game 
of where I sit here and like I give you my pick for the week and then they blow it and then I look stupid. I'm not going to do it. Like I just I don't I don't really have an opinion on the team anymore other than the fact that I don't think they're good. I don't think they are a good football team. I think that they have a lot of talent on the field. There are a lot of shortcomings on the coaching staff. And number one is Jim Bob Cooter because, my God, I don't care what anyone else's record in the league is. Jim Bob Cooter is the worst offensive coordinator in the league. I, 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 if there's one wish I have for Christmas, I want to see him gone. I, I just <laughs> – because Trent's right, guys. Like – the offensive line sucks. They, they, they are, are terrible blocking they, in the, in Part of being good, part of me giving you the good, the great, the elite, the not average, is you have to be consistent. That's why Stafford's not elite or great in my eyes. That's why the O-line's not elite or great or good. That's why your receivers aren't great. That's why I don't really care if you give Golden Tate money after this year. Because what does he add? I yeah. mean, come on! Like again, two drops hurt, and I get he's the he's probably the best yak receiver in the league, but he's not changing games for you. Go pay someone else. Go pay a real linebacker. Go pay someone on the defensive line. Go pay a, a defensive back. I just it's so frustrating. It is, and I get it. They're only they're three and four. The division's wide open, which I don't know. I don't know how it is. This yeah. division's like the freaking AL Central of baseball. Like they're all <laughs> all the teams suck. Their records all look horrible. It just it, it, it. There has to be a certain point where we have to raise the expectation. I think that is the best point I've heard all day. The whole excuses. I'm tired of the Stafford excuses, and I I love Matt Stafford. I really do. Do I you? Think he's a, no, I do. <laughs> I. I <laughs> debatable i guess now but i they're every every week it's different when they lose they oh they didn't have a run game oh the defense was terrible i i understand that oh the offensive line was bad russell wilson is playing behind a mash unit i don't even know they have defense alignment playing alignment it seems like every year there and i get and the rogers comparison the brady compar- those are the best of the best they have terrible offensive line year in year out that's a fact and they don't have a run game neither of them so i just I can't take the excuses about that because I do think Stafford's a good quarterback and I do think he's the guy. But you can't, you can't be. It can't be all roses and daisies after every loss. That oh, he had great numbers and uh, it was the defense would have been a big hole. Sometimes he's just got to be the guy and says, guys, get out the way. I'm the highest paid player on this team. I'm supposed to be the best player on this team, and I'm gonna take over. I just, I'm tired of the Stafford excuses. So here's what I want to say in response to all of that. But I, if, yeah, I if, get what you're saying. No, no, though, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know you guys, and I hear you guys too. Yeah. So the thing is, if you think Stafford is the reason that we're three and four, you're not. I don't. I no, don't. I, I, no, I'm I not don't. saying. I'm not saying you guys. I'm saying yes. in general, the fans. If you think, <laughs> yes, dear fans, if you think Matt Stafford is the reason we're three and four, you're nuts. You don't know football because he's he's like he. Uh, okay, I could I could go for another ten minutes. I won't do it. But the Lions have talent. They're gonna win games. Okay. The, who, who's I don't the Vikings Bears Rams bring them bring them okay, okay? bring them this is this is our team Trappy we, sa- Trent should be sitting forward on the field next yeah. Sunday I'll this gladly take the microphone I will gladly take the microphone but I'm just I'm I'm just I'm just trying to lay it out there we've seen this team at the highest high we've seen this team at the lowest low all in the course of seven games right and like you said Ryan 
might not be a great team. Collins, you're frustrated with a number of things, and I understand. I totally get it. The inconsistency is the biggest problem. But at the end of the day, figure it out, and I think they will. I think they will. I believe they will. I have belief. I have faith. The Lions are, you know, you, you look at the schedule, and I understand on paper it's like, you know, you got to play Cam Newton, and Cam Newton loves to play in Detroit and all that. So whatever. But the Lions aren't done. To everyone listening, don't give up. Don't give up yet. Don't give up on this team. They're capable. They're going to – we'll talk about this and say I think they're going to beat the Vikings next week. And I think Matt Stafford is going to answer both of you guys and he's going to lead the team to a win. You're going to be like, okay, this is our guy. I, I'm not going to try and sound like Skip Bayless or a hot take guy right now, but I, I truly don't think Matt Stafford wins a playoff game in Detroit anymore. I, I That belief is completely gone for me. I think it happens this January. Whoa. <laughs> I, Whoa. See, I mean, what, I, 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 it's not his, and I get there's a lot of factors. I mean, this is a terrible organization. You put him in a system, I mean, you put him in Seattle, he probably gets that Super Bowl done too. I'm not saying that. I just, I don't think he is capable of getting it done here. The, the, the troubling thing for me, the number one thing, and I think a lot of Lions fans feel the same way, is the inconsistency. It's it's the fact that like guys we sit here on Monday night against the Jets and it's like how do you not win that game? And then, you know, so after game 1 you're like wow, the team sucks. And they go out against the Niners and like oh, they still suck. And they beat a team like the Patriots. It's like oh, I don't know. It just the the back and forth great teams don't do this. It's, I I understand if like if the Rams were to go out and lose next week or I don't even know, they probably have a who knows, whoever they play. It's like okay, you know, it was one loss, it was a bad game, but this is the Lions. That's why people use SOL. That's the narrative. It's this back and forth. It's a perfect saying. It's perfect. And it just I, there has again, you know, I look at the division and I get it it's wide open, but the incons- I don't know where, like, who do you blame in that standpoint? Because, you know, Stafford's been inconsistent. That falls on him. The offensive line's been inconsistent. That falls on them. But as a whole, I just think it comes back to coaching. Like, you you go play a great game in Miami off the bye. How are you not ready to play against Seattle at home? The fans are fired up. You just want a game. Now, like, now things are starting to come together. That's what's troubling. That's why I... I I don't want to be negative and I can only be so positive. This is, you know, and I, I have like I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop my uncle Steven, who I know is gonna is gonna ream me out after hearing this podcast, but there has to be a point where we we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, th- there's only a certain point where you can be so positive and defend. Like it 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 it's just not clicking. They they have played how do you go play a game, a, a near-perfect game? And I said it. I remember saying it on the show before they played the Patriots. You have to play damn near perfect, if not perfect, to beat them. And they and did. they did they just did. that. Yep. And how you go out against Seattle, who the Legion of Boom is a comical saying now, is a thing of the past. This team doesn't have anyone. They don't have receivers. Russell Wilson, he's a good quarterback. But this, the Seattle was—it's just they're not a great team anymore, guys, and that's what—that's what really bothers me. Yeah, I, SOL is perfect. It's so lazy. But I, I saw a tweet from Mike Sullivan. He's a producer for Valenti Show. Mm-hmm. But 
he said there's a certain acronym that sums up today. Yes. And you don't you don't want to say it, but it's it's SOL. Yeah. And it, it's so tough and it's so annoying because you grow up with the people older than you and you're an alliance fan. You're like, oh, they'll never be that. Oh, SOL, the old heads. And yeah. I, I can't take that either. But it, I, I can't prove them wrong. There's no factual evidence. Like you said, there, there were so many factual evidence that made this team a mediocre team to a bad team. The beautiful thing about football is that yeah, I need can, Trent's optimism. You, I, it's unbelievable. We all do. It's, we all do. He's, you can turn it around quicker than any other sport, right? Yep. Like I, all of a sudden, yes. you know, next it's week. True. Like, that's I, why. That's why the Lions organization is one of the worst in all the sports. Football is made for bad teams to become good in at least three years, and they haven't been able to get to the Super Bowl. What a joke! I'm talking more like. Yeah, yes, year to year, obviously. I'm talking yeah. more like week to week. Mm-hmm. You can change things. You can change the scheme. You can change the playbook. You can fire your offensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Like, yes. More than any other sport. Like, but because you got a week in between games, you yeah. know, like you're yeah. game planning. So that's what I think is going to happen. I said it a million times. I'll keep saying it till I die, probably. I believe <laughs> in Matt Stafford. I believe in this team. And I think they're going to go out and get a win against Minnesota next week. I'm exhausted. Yeah, let's My, do the pitch. I run into the picks. You need the music. Cue it up. I need the food, dude. I need that energy all right. shot. Of the we music. all need. We, we need to get out of here. Everyone's starving. It's time for the picks. Lions. They, granted, they made us look stupid per usual. We all had the Lions to cover. We all had the Lions take. The, we all had the over in the game. Yeah. I nope. think all three of us went over two. So. Lions at Vikings, 1 p.m. next Sunday in Minnesota. The opening line we're going with is the Vikings are a five and a half point favorite. The over/under set at 50.5. I'm gonna kick it off with Collins. Give me your picks. I like this game to be close. I like the Lions to cover. I like the Vikings to win. Okay. What Just, about? Give me your over/under selection. What is F- it? 50, 50 and a half. 50, 50 and a half. half. I think it goes under. I think it'll be 23 to 20. The Vikings. Okay. Trent. Lions 31. Vikings 27. I'm going over. I think this Vikings wow. defense is grossly overrated. I think Matt Stafford will expose them right on time, right on cue. It'll be just like a couple years ago when Golden Tate flipped uh, into the end zone. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Uh, Might be an overtime game. You never know. I'll tell you what. Slay, Darius Slay, our boy who has not really played to the Pro Bowl level he's been in the past, he is going to shut down Adam Thielen. I'm telling you right now. I don't Adam think Thielen. Can. Is the most overrated wide receiver in the NFL okay. right now, oh, and Darius okay. Slay. I'm telling okay. you, guys, we will come in and we'll talk about this on Monday. Yes. Darius Slay is going to shut him down. I'm just telling uh. you. I'm just telling you. And Kirk Cousins, love him, Sparty. He's going to make a late, costly mistake like he always does. I'm just the Lions. It's going to be SOV on Monday, boys. <laughs> Same old Vikings. Lions 31, Vikings 27. I'm going to let Ryan make his pick, uh, and I'm going to comment on that Thielen. Guys, I don't know. I don't know because I know I'm going to pick the – here, here, here. You're picking I'm the team here, that's going to win. Here, I'm taking the Vikings minus what? five and a half. I am. I'm taking the Vikings. I'm taking the under. I know I'm going to be wrong, guys. I know I'm going to walk in here next Monday, and you guys are going to point and laugh. I know. The Lions will probably win. Screw me. I, it, it, <laughs> It is what it is. Colin, say what you have to say before I pass out. Thielen might be the best player in the league. <laughs> no, he's just hot. He's hot. He's okay? unbelievable. He's hot. He you gets open, and he hasn't played a single good cornerback yet. He hasn't been matched up with he's a single. He's been great the last two years. He was all pro. He hasn't seen anybody That's like fair. Darius Slay yet. Uh, okay. just saying. Uh, we're going to agree to disagree. He's the best receiver I, in the okay, league, okay, in my okay. opinion. I'm just saying, by the standards of this season so far, like I don't think he's going to go 100-plus. 
I think he might have 80 yards. Like, is that a bad game? No, but I don't think he's going to be streaking hot like he's been so far. I, th- I think the, that's a good point, though, about Thielen and Slay. That's a big matchup. And you, I think you see teams go away from Slay because he's been so dominant. Yeah. So that's a, that is a good match. I'm, t- I'm, just, I'm just telling you. Like you guys, like, like, you guys like to say. I was like, quickly triggered. I'm going to mimic what you guys like to say. Factually, yeah. Darius Slay Facts. is the best cornerback that Adam Thielen has faced all season. Yes. And he's going to show why. He's okay. going to show you why. <sighs> guys, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm ex- like nauseated because I'm starving or because like this is what we have to do every week. But <sighs> what a, that was a pretty I, that's a fun show. Like yeah. this is why I will say you know taking a taking a little bit of a step back here. Like, that's why we love sports. This is why we this is why we do what we do. And this is why I'll tell you what if if the Lions don't give us championships or the city of Detroit doesn't give us championships, it gives us a, a hell of a time on the radio to, to talk about <laughs> stuff. Quite like a headache. This. But hey, we will we will definitely have. I, I don't again. I really believe that the Lions will probably win next week. Even though I just took the Vikings, that's what happened. This, this is me, my dude. chance to get a leg up. Early. Yes, this yes. is my chance. Go ahead and take Everyone's the lead. Everyone's going too. But I gotta I gotta play us out with some of the with, with some of the spooky music here. A little monster mash action as we are approaching Halloween. See oh that? You guys think I had it in me? I, all I am right now is thinking of some like pink nerds. Some just, Halloween candy. Yeah, oh. I've got a nice bucket of Reese's peanut butter cups on my uh, coffee Those table. Those are trash. Oh, uh, okay. That's well. We'll, we gotta go. we'll debate I gotta that. Go. We'll debate that off year, off the air. That's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey, Ryan Collins. Go I Lions. am Ryan Rabinowitz. All right, Trent, get in there. No Lions, baby. One pride. Feel free to tweet any questions, comments, concerns, suggest some topics for the show at Ryan Rabinowitz4 using the hashtag uh. Motown Rundown. Have a happy, spooky, and safe Halloween. We will see you next time. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster-